0: God hasn't stopped giving gifts and He hasn't stopped doing miracles. We celebrate a day. But if we really understand Christmas, we celebrate a God who's incredible, who's absolutely wonderful, who never stops giving. What does He give? He gives understanding. You see, When you come to a place in life where people don't understand, he never stops understanding. Because he knows exactly how the circuitry of your board was put together. Every dark event, every funny event, every happy event. He knows how it's wired and he gets you. And as wonderful as Dominic, your husband, is, (laughs) he knows you even better. And He never stops giving the gift of understanding. He never stops giving the gift of caring. I can care a lot. But there are days I don't care at all. Well, thank God He never stops caring. Forgiving? <laughs> Jesus said to His disciples, You gotta forgive 70 times seven. Peter thought he hit the the power ball. He said, seven times? Is that enough to forgive a person in one day? And Jesus said, 70 times seven. I've put that to the test in my life. He's loved me more than 70 times seven. Amen. And so we celebrate the spirit of the season. But the spirit of the season is God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The spirit of the season is that God became flesh and dwelt among us to feel our pain and to feel our hurt. To be broken the same way each and every one of us is broken. The world talks about the spirit of the season. What do they know? You know, in this year, it is estimated that gross Christmas sales will reach $719 billion. They say that if you average out between the super wealthy and the not wealthy at all, the average giving towards Christmas gifts this year will be about $700 there would be a lot of people way more rich than me to average $700 in giving gifts. They call that the spirit of Christmas. I want to tell you the spirit of Christmas is that God just doesn't stop giving. The spirit of Christmas is that he allowed himself to be broken. He allowed himself to be rejected. He allowed himself to be wounded. He allowed every, every hurt from your childhood through your teenage years. And what? It stopped when you became an adult. Every hurt and rejection and disappointment you've experienced in life. He came as a target and said, here I am. Here I am. Come on, life. Hit me. Because I want to carry the pain and the brokenness and the hurt that every lost son of God would experience. Because that's how much I care. And that's how much I love them. God so loved the world that it far exceeds $719 billion worth of Christmas sales. God so loves you that it far exceeds a national head average of $700 in gifts for this season. God so loves the world. The spirit of the season it's about giving that never ends. You see, for a few short days, some homes a few short hours, at Christmas time we give kindness, laughter, we give gifts, and we forget all the bad or wrong or silly things each person has done throughout the year. And for a moment, we focus. On being happy and loving each other. And we put each person's shortcomings behind us. Or Christmas time around that tree wouldn't be a very happy time if we didn't. But that's what God calls grace. And he does it every day of every year. and so we're having church this morning and I'm actually preaching the spirit of the season is that God so loved the world the world thinks they can contrive the spirit of the season and decorate their department stores and we decorate the front of houses and it looks great you know what amazes me that Christmas can transfix this nation even on an artificial knowledge of what Christmas is really about. How much more the real meaning of Christmas can change a nation and change an individual? Yeah. Just the notion of the season is enough to send this whole culture of Americans into a frenzy we act nicer and kinder people are actually sometimes a little bit nicer at this time of the year unless you meet them in the supermarket or the department store and you're in the way of the gift they want to buy then Christmas can take a hike But it amazes me how people will actually have some good cheer at this time of the year purely on the concept of what was in God's heart. How much more powerful is the reality of what God has done and intends for Christmas to be? You see, you're not here to enjoy a free dinner I'm going to charge you at the end. No, I'm only kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You're not here to enjoy a free dinner. To me, this isn't about a free dinner. This is about setting the record right. This is what Christmas is about. And God so loves all of us. If... The world could only read the stories written on the slate of our lives. But God reads them, and he wants to change the story. He gives us hope. Mama, he gives us hope. And he loves us. The Bible says, let me read it to you. In Isaiah chapter 9, what we know as a great passage of scripture for Christmas carols, we never read the first part. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 1, Nonetheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations. This was written 1,500 years before Jesus was born. Galilee is an insignificant little township. He will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. This is a prophecy. Some good 1,500 years before the Christ is born. And what God is saying out of his heart, he says, the earth is covered in darkness. It is so dark, it's a deep darkness. And I see people walking as dead men. People walking in darkness, but they will see a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. He is speaking prophetically as if it's the future, as if it's the present. Verse 3. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy and they rejoice before you as people who rejoice at harvest time. As warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. Hey, the concept of Christmas. Hey, open up the Christmas boxes. Open up the gifts. Plunder, harvest. But God's harvest and plunder was setting people free from darkness and bringing them into the gifts of liberty and life. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, The Midianites were people that constantly invaded Israel. They were marauding tribes. They were nomads. They raped, they pillaged, they took. They had no respect or sense of boundaries. That's yours. What does yours mean? There are no boundaries. I like it, I'm taking it. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressors. What's God saying? You see, this is the prelude to the verses that are about to say, For unto us a son is given. What's he saying? He's saying just like the Midians, Demons have canvassed the earth. They plunder, they pillage, they rape. They don't understand boundaries and they take what isn't theirs. Jesus said it this way, the thief has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And God's running an analogy to the people of that day, something they would understand. He said, The same way the Midianites would come and ravage everything, the demonic world of darkness has robbed humanity. He says, But the same way I gave you victory from the Midianites. Let's go back to verse four. The same way I gave you victory from the Midianites. He says, I'll shatter the yoke that burdens humanity. I will break the bar across their shoulders, the rod of oppression. You want to talk about gifts? You want to talk about the spirit of Christmas? Jesus Christ has come to set us free from depression. He has come to set us free from despair. He has come to set us free from hurt. He has come to set us free from confusion. He has come to set us free from rejection of others and the rejection we have in our own hearts. He has come to break the rod of oppression and to set captives free from the tormenting voice and the luring appeal that demons drag us back to the bait so that we're trapped again. Verse 5. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning. A day's coming where God's going to have enough of all this. Verse 6, for unto us a child is born and to us a son is given and the government, oh I can't wait. There is coming a day where the kingdom of God, which is here in an invisible form, will be here in a physical form. And you won't vote, you won't take a ballot card, you won't have to decide from year to year. No, you won't have to listen to political campaigns. The Bible says, and the government will be on his shoulders. And who is this? And he will be called Wonderful, Counselor. You can't be a counselor unless you understand where other people are at. People see God through religious eyes. People see God through stained glass windows. People see God through religious symbols. Nothing can show God like God Himself. Most religion, most branches of Christianity, most human efforts to reveal God fall miserably short, including mine. God is better than I can tell you. And the best way to know Him is to experience him i can tell you all there is to know about him and i can rave and i will not have exaggerated but nothing will tell you better what he is really like than when you meet him and invite him into your life And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. It's interesting that this passage starts with, he's going to honor Galilee, this insignificant township. And then out of Galilee comes the one on whom a kingdom will be built, and he'll be called God. 1500 years before this baby was born God so loved the world that he took our place and he took the rap, and he paid the price so that you and I could start to experience the great escape from pain from sin From shameful things, from hurtful things. Yeah, spirit of the season, yeah, it doesn't come in ribbons or wrapping paper. It doesn't come in something that you could buy at Walmart or Target or Hafferty's. Spirit of the season, it comes in blood. But before blood, it comes in God's awesome love. He paid a price no one will ever match he paid a price because he said you're worth it and so as I conclude my message God's message I said to him God I don't want to preach but I do want to convey what's on your heart spirit of the season The spirit of this season is the spirit of Almighty God. And it doesn't last for a holiday period. It is eternal. Every eye closed. Amen. Friend. I want you to take a moment, and I want you to hear me, and I want you to hear the voice of the Spirit of God talking inside you. You know religion doesn't cut it. Religion doesn't come close. Let's throw off those religious garbs. and let's just be real and honest. Let's be every one of us have been broken every one of us have been hurt the stories that nobody else even knows that are written in your soul yeah and those are the things that broke God's heart Why didn't he do anything? He did. He saw it before the foundations of this world. And he said, I will become one of them and die so that they can live. Friend, this morning, the spirit of the season is about God so loves the world and he loves you. And I want to invite you, I want to challenge you, I want to stir you. Are you going to let Christmas be about $719 billion worth of gross retail sales? Or are you finally going to come to that place where you stop running, stop hiding, stop shopping, stop making excuses? And you're going to let the God of the universe who wants to be your daddy, come into your heart and trust him and love him and build a relationship with him. Because anything else to do with Christmas isn't Christmas at all. This is the mass of Christ that he became one of us and died for us so that we could become one of his. Amen. Can I get a silent amen? Amen. And so right now, while eyes are closed, if you have never asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart, friend, I challenge you to do that today. If you've never even believed in God, but yet something's stirring inside of you right now, I challenge you to respond and let the God of heaven Speak, and let him come in. I welcome you. How did wise men from the East even know that in Galilee of all places would come one who would bring such a great gift? Would you be a wise man, a wise woman today and recognize the gift of God Many years later, Jesus sat on a, a donkey, and he's riding into Jerusalem, and just before he starts to ride, people are shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna. They recognize him as the son of David, an heir, a descendant, on whom they misinterpreted Scripture and believed he would resurrect the kingdom of David and make it glorious and powerful, a great nation again. And Jesus sat on his donkey as they're shouting, Hosanna for all the wrong reasons and wrong understanding. And the shortest verse in the Bible, and Jesus wept. And why did he weep? The following verse says, and Jesus said, Oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, if only you understood what would bring you peace. Not being the king of a nation. Not economic advancement. Not political stability. But the lordship of the Christ in your life. Amen. Maybe you've asked Jesus into your heart years ago. And you were a kid in church. And you remember those... Fun times, cool times, life was simpler. But you've gotten embroiled in life. You've walked away. You've rebelled. You've done things that your Sunday school teacher said to beware of. Maybe you've walked away from God. You know what this is about? It's about the time to come back to Christ. You know what this is about? It's not about giving gifts, it's about receiving the greatest gift. You know what this is about? This is about coming face to face with dad, not like an earthly dad, and letting him heal us of all our trauma, all our unbelief, and all of our hurts. So right now, while every eye is closed, come on, I'm talking to you, it's you and God you and God are you ready to ask Jesus Christ into your heart with every eye closed put your hand up and say I want Jesus to come into my heart, come on, lift your hand right now, thank you thank you, thank you thank you, I see hands, thank you, if you put your hand up you would put it down, others who have not raised a hand yet, come on raise your hand Thank you, I see that hand, you can put it down. Raise your hand, say, Jesus, I want to make you the Christ of my life. I want you, God. I wanna be right with you, come on. I feel in my heart, there are more. I feel the Spirit of God saying there are more people that God is wanting to connect with and have relationship with. I'm not asking you to join this church. No, sir, no. I'm asking you to join Jesus, let Christ come into your heart. I feel like there are three more at least, three. Raise your hand and say, I want to accept Christ, thank you. you. Who else? Raise your hand and say yes to Jesus. I'm gonna ask everyone to stand. We're gonna pray a prayer. If you raised your hand, you know who you are. And God sees you and God hears and God is about to engage with you and if for a moment if I could have everyone just still and not moving around because this really is the most important time I'm going to ask everyone to say this prayer but those of you who raised your hand, you especially I want to lead you to Christ grown men I saw grown men raising their hands. I saw kids raising their hands. I saw elderly folk raising their hands. If you haven't raised your hand, then when you pray this prayer, and you know you should have raised your hand, you pray this prayer with all your heart. I'm going to tell you up front what we're going to say, because I don't believe in tricking you. I don't believe in misleading you. How is that going to be a real salvation of anything? So I'm going to say something like this, God, I don't know why you love me, but I'm really getting the feeling that you do. Thank you for loving me. And I thank you for becoming flesh and dying on the cross so you could experience my pain. And I thank you, Jesus, for opening a way so that I could have a relationship with God and have you come into my life. Jesus Christ, I've made mistakes. I've sinned. There are things I just wish I never did. And there are things that have been done to me I wish never happened. Jesus, come into my heart and forgive me. I'm broken like everybody else. I receive you, I accept you, I respect you, and I'm asking you to take control of my life. That's what we're going to pray. I've got nothing to hide, but I've got everything to give in Jesus Christ. I tell you right now, you pray that prayer with all of your heart, and it will open a whole new world, a whole new dimension is the greatest thing in all my experience having traveled the world literally is having jesus christ understand me and live inside me and having a relationship with god because of jesus christ so right now if you raised your hand and if you didn't and you should have everyone all together Repeat after me and pray from your heart. Dear God, Dear God I thank you, for me. thank you for loving me. I thank you for caring about me. I believe right now that you really did die on the cross for me. And I need you. You saw my pain, and you felt my pain. Jesus, you are God. And yeah, I've made mistakes. I made a lot of them. I've sinned, and I am so sorry for what I've done and for what I've been. And I'm asking you, Jesus Christ, to come into my heart right now. I receive you. I welcome you. I ask you, Jesus Christ, to be my Lord, my Savior, to be my God. I put my faith in you. I put my life in your hands and I ask you Christ to embrace me and cause my spirit to be awakened. I accept you as my Lord and Savior right now. In Jesus' name, Amen. And Father, I thank you that by the power of your spirit right across this auditorium, this banquet hall, this brick building, I thank you that your spirit is here and every man, every woman, every elderly person, every young person that has prayed that prayer in sincerity, though it may have been in secret, while it is in in sincerity, I thank you that by your spirit, even now you're connecting with them. And I speak to the hosts of darkness. Yes, I speak to that marauding tribe like Midianites, I speak to the forces of darkness that come to steal, kill, and destroy. And for every person today that has honestly opened their heart to Jesus Christ, I take the authority that I have as a son of God and as a priest of the most high, and in the name of Jesus, I break your ownership off of these people and with the blood of Christ, redeem them and set them free from your kingdom of darkness and cause them to be drawn into the kingdom of light of Jesus Christ. By the blood of Jesus, it is done. It was done a long time ago, but by the blood of Jesus, it is received today by these folk. Now, Holy Spirit, I release you to minister to them, to speak to them, to be with them, and to give them confirmation in their hearts. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. 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 Come on, church, let's give them a big round of applause. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you.